Well, it's Christmas time. You guys knew that, right? Like somebody here was surprised, right? Oh, it is tomorrow. Your parents have been keeping this from you kids, but tomorrow is Christmas. It's here. And it seems like there's one thing uh, about Christmas, no matter where you go, if you go to the store, if you go to the mall, wherever you go, you run into this guy and he's usually wearing uh, a red hat and he's wearing a red suit and he's got a big white beard. Do any of you kids know who I'm talking about? I'm Santa Claus. Is right, Santa Claus. Now, let me hear you kids... If, if your parents have made you go to the mall and sit on Santa's lap and, and take a picture with Santa, I want you to yell spaghetti. Ready? One, two, three. All right. That's good. So, so you kids have all had to sit on Santa's lap. Is it just me or does it seem like most pictures that kids take with Santa end up looking something kind of like this? It's like a rite of passage. You have to have a weeping childhood photo where your parents force you to go sit on the lap of the strange man who smells unusual, and you probably, you know you're not supposed to talk to strangers, but here mom and dad are forcing you to, right? Those are my four girls. That was a couple years ago. Uh, I like, my personal favorite is when the kids are making the suspicious eye contact with Santa. That's my personal favorite one of these photos. Here's the thing, children. Did you guys know that there really was a real person named St. Nicholas. Did you know that? When you go to the mall and you go to the store and you see this jolly old elf dressed in a red suit, there's a real historical person whose, whose life this was based on. So let me tell you a story, okay? I want to tell you a story about a boy named Nicholas. And there's going to be six things I want you to know about this person named Nicholas. The first one is this. He's not from the North Pole He's actually from a city called Mira. And if you wanted to go there today, you'd have to go to a country called Turkey. Did you kids know there's a country called Turkey? Is that an unusual name? No, no, Not Ham. No, Turkey. He grew up in this town called Mira. And actually, let me show you a picture. You could go to Mira today. It's a, it's a port town. They have lots of boats there. And he would have grown up in this area, uh, in an area where it had a lot of shipping. Now, here's a couple things I want you to know about his mom and dad. Nicholas's mom and dad were really, really rich. They had a lot of money. They had a lot, just a ton of money. But the second thing I want you to know about Nicholas's mom and dad is even more important. They were Christians. They loved Jesus. They followed Jesus in a time when widespread, not very many people did. It was not popular to love Jesus and to follow Jesus in the Roman Empire in the 300s. But here's the third thing about Nicholas's parents, you guys, and this is sad. When Nicholas was a little boy, his mom and his dad died. We don't know how, but his mom and dad died, and so he had to go live with his uncle. Now, his mom and dad, remember, they had lots of money, and so they gave him lots of money, and he was able to live with his uncle. His uncle also loved Jesus, and so Nicholas of Mira grew up knowing and loving Jesus. In fact, this is the second thing I want you to know about Nicholas is that when he became older, he actually became, get this, a pastor. Did you know that Nicholas became a pastor? He went on a trip to a place called Israel. And he went to a, a town called Bethlehem. You know the city where, where Jesus was born? And he saw the place where Jesus was born. Then he went to a town called Nazareth. That's where Jesus grew up and was a little kid and became a teenager and became an adult. Then he went to a city called Jerusalem where Jesus was arrested and was killed on a cross. 
and rose from the dead. He actually went to this place, and while he was in Israel, he was praying, and God told him in his heart, you're going to become a pastor. And so Nicholas moved back to Mira and became a pastor where he taught people the Bible, and he told lots and lots of people about Jesus, and he loved people really, really well. And this is the third thing I want you to know about Nicholas. He actually loved people so much that he became known for being generous and for giving lots of gifts. You guys remember how he had lots of money from his parents? He had lots of money from his parents and he didn't want to just keep it all for himself. He wanted to use it to bless other people. He believed that, that Jesus was a great gift to the world and so he wanted to share gifts with other people as well. In fact, this is kind of a sad story, but it turns out good. There's a story of when Nicholas was living in the town of Mira. There was a family and there was a dad and a mom and there were three little girls and the mom, she died. And the dad didn't have enough money to take care of the little girls. In fact, the three little girls, in those days, if you didn't have money, you often had to become a slave. And it was a really awful life, a really awful existence. Well, Nicholas didn't want that to happen to this family. And so the story is that late at night when everybody was sleeping, he snuck over to their house and he took three little bags filled with gold coins and he threw them in their house. Some people say he threw the gold coins through an open window, but some other people say he climbed up on the roof and threw the gold coins down the, down the chimney. You guys know it. And actually, this might or might not be true, but some people say that the gold coins bounced out of the chimney and went into some socks and shoes that were sitting by the fireplace to dry. Ah. Yeah. You guys are, you guys are smart kids. It took me like, a day or two to figure out what that all was all about when I was prepping this week. But see, Nicholas loved to use his money to help bless people, to take care of others, not to keep it for himself. He was a generous man. Now, now Nicholas became not just a pastor, he actually became a bishop. And a bishop is just a fancy word that means someone who helps lead a team of pastors. He oversees other pastors. But then something really sad happened. You know what? Nicholas got thrown in prison. What? Why would a good, generous pastor, a good, generous bishop, why would he get thrown in jail? Well, let me tell you why. See, during the time when, when Nicholas was alive, uh, a lot of people didn't like Christians. In fact, there was one man in particular who didn't like Christians, and he was the emperor, and his name was Diocletian. Can you say Diocletian? That's pretty good. He was a mean emperor. And he said, you know what? I don't like those Christians. I don't want anybody to be a Christian. In fact, I'm going to take all of the Christians and I'm going to throw them in jail or I'm going to kill them. And so all throughout the whole Roman Empire, it's called the great Diocletian persecution. He started persecuting Christians and throwing them into jail. And Nicholas had to go to jail because he loved and worshiped and followed Jesus. Did you know, and this is sad, they beat him up all the time. Do you know that we actually have today, we have the bones of St. Nicholas. We know where he's buried. And some doctors and some scientists looked at his bones. They found out that Nicholas had a broken nose. Yeah, I don't know how they can tell those things, but I trust the medical and scientific community to tell me. He had a broken nose from being in jail because he loved Jesus. Now, here's some good news. After a few years, Diocletian, the bad emperor, he died. 
and a new emperor came into power, an emperor named Constantine. Can you say Constantine? And Constantine said, you know what? It's, oh, that's really impassioned. That's good. We have a big Constantine fan in the audience. Constantine said, it's okay to be a Christian. In fact, I want you to let all of those Christians out of jail. I want you to let them out of prison and it's going to be okay to be a Christian from now on. And so all of the people who were in jail who never stopped talking about Jesus, who never stopped believing in Jesus, they got freed from prison and they were actually called confessors. Can you say confessors, kids? They never stopped confessing that Jesus was Lord. And so Nicholas got to go back and be a pastor, to be a bishop again. And that leads me to the fifth thing that I want you to know about Nicholas was after he was freed from prison, he got to go to a very, very important meeting. This meeting was called the Council of Nicaea. He got invited to a really important meeting. Now, let me tell you what was going on. There was a man named Arius. Can you all boo for Arius? Arius. Boo. Now, Arius, Arius was teaching some things about Jesus that just weren't true. He was teaching things about Jesus that were not the truth that the Bible says, were not the things that the apostles wrote down about Jesus. For example, the apostle John wrote down this. He says this in John. He says, in the beginning was the word and the word that's talking about Jesus and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. Arius said that Jesus wasn't God. And Arius said that Jesus was created, but the Bible says that Jesus is the creator. Arius started teaching things that were not true about Jesus. This is a quote from one Bible scholar named Bruce Shelley. He says this, sometime around 318, Arius, can we all boo again? Arius, boo. Openly challenged teachers in Alexandria that the word who assumed flesh in Jesus Christ was not the true God and that he had an entirely different nature, neither eternal nor omnipotent. To Arius, when Christians called Christ God, they didn't mean that he was deity, except in a sort of approximate sense. He was a lesser being or a half-God, not the eternal and changeless creator. He was a created being, the first created being and the greatest, but nevertheless himself created. Kids, this is just a fancy way of saying that Arius didn't believe that Jesus was really God. But the Bible teaches that Jesus is really God. So, the Emperor Constantine, can you say Constantine again? Where's, where's my Constantine fan back there? Constantine said, hey, you guys, you Christians, we need to stop arguing about this. We need to get everybody together and figure out what's really true about Jesus. And so Constantine called a big meeting. He called a big meeting. He said, all of the bishops, I need all of the bishops to come. Do you know how many bishops there were? More than 300. Like, look around this room. There's, a, there's more than 300 people in this room right now. That many pastors were going to get together and talk. Yeah, right. But Constantine gathered them all together in the city of Nicaea, and they started talking about Jesus. And here's the good news. They got it right. There's something called the Nicene Creed, where they said, this is what we believe about Jesus. This is what they say. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, 
consubstantial. That's a big word. You can use that at Christmas parties tomorrow. Consubstantial with the Father, through him, all things were made. Guys, this is just a really fancy way of saying Jesus is all the way God. Now, what does this have to do with, with Nicholas, our good friend Nicholas? Nicholas was at this meeting. Nicholas was one of the bishops who helped write this statement. In fact, Nicholas went and talked to some other people who didn't believe that Jesus was God, and he convinced them to believe the truth about Jesus. But here's a funny story. You guys ready for a funny part of the story? One time during the meeting, Arius got to go up in front of everybody, and he started talking. He was standing in front of everybody, kind of like what I'm doing. And he was saying, Jesus isn't God, and Jesus was created, and Jesus is not the same as the Father. And do you want to know what? St. Nicholas got so angry, he got so upset, that he walked up to the front of the room, and he hit Arius in the face. And not with a candy cane, like with his fists. He punched him. Can you believe that? He was so upset because Arius was teaching things that weren't true about Jesus that he hit him. Now, do you guys think Nicholas got in trouble? Yeah, no. Yeah, wishful thinking, buddy. The emperor was in the room. He got in trouble, and Nicholas went back to jail. He actually was removed from being a bishop for a little while because he lost his temper. But here's the good thing about Nicholas Nicholas had a repentant heart. He said, I know that it was wrong to hit him, and I'm sorry I did it. I just got so upset by people teaching things that aren't true about Jesus. So he got out of jail. He got to be a bishop again. And for the whole rest of his life, he loved and served and took care of people all the way until the day that he died. And here's the last thing I want you to know about Nicholas. After he died, his story kind of spread we don't know exactly the year that he died, but we pretty well know the day that he died. He died on December 6th. And people started throwing parties. On December 6th, they said, this Nicholas guy, he was a saint. They started calling him that. They said he was a really good guy. <clears throat> they said, why don't we do this? Why don't we have a party? Why don't we have a feast on December 6th, the day that he died, and let's give each other gifts to remember how Nicholas was a man who was so generous. And then, you remember how I said he was from a, a town with lots of ships? Well, they started traveling and going all over the world and telling this story of Nicholas everywhere that they went and people started celebrating Nicholas. And did you know in Germany, they would say Saint Nicholas. You know how they say Saint Nicholas in German? Santa Claus. Saint, Santa, Nicholas, Niklaus, Klaus. You guys see it? You kids get it? Kind of confusing? Nah. Think about it on the drive home. Ask your parents about it. Maybe like 4.30 in the morning before you open your presents tomorrow, Right? Sinterklaas, Saint Nicholas. That's how they started calling him. Actually, here's a funny part of the story. Martin Luther. Do you guys know the guy Martin Luther? He's another really important guy who lived. He loved Jesus a lot. He, he said, you know what, guys? We need to stop giving each other gifts because of Saint Nicholas. We need to give each other gifts because of Jesus. We need to give each other gifts because of the Christ child. Do you know how do you say Christ child in German? Christ Kindle. Christ Kringle. So now people give gifts in the name of Chris Kringle, which turned back into Santa Claus. Martin Luther would be so upset. Martin Luther was always upset. Here's the point. These stories about St. Nicholas traveled around the whole world and different countries did different things and it all kind of got jumbled up and mixed up. In America, in 1823, somebody wrote a poem. You know what this poem was called? "'Twas the night before Christmas.'" 
And pretty much all of our modern legend of Santa Claus comes from that one poem. There was flying reindeer. He was wearing a red suit. He flew magically down the chimney. And the whole story got kind of mixed up and jumbled up. And so now when we think about Santa Claus, we don't really think about the real guy very much. Do you guys want to see something? I mentioned earlier that scientists took the bones of St. Nicholas and they reconstructed what they think he actually looked like. Do you want to see the picture of what St. Nicholas might have actually looked like? You guys want to see it? All right, show them the picture. That would be what St. Nicholas might have really looked like. He doesn't look like an elf at all, does he? No, he looks like a real man. Does that look like somebody who would want to help people who were poor? Does that look like someone who would want to take care of kids? Does that look like someone who would punch a heretic at an ecumenical council? Kind of does, kind of does. <clears throat> so in my house, in my house, we like to pretend the game Santa Claus because we all know that it's kind of a fun game. But I also really like to remind my kids that there really was a real person named St. Nicholas. And you guys, I think if St. Nicholas was here with us tonight, do you know what he would say? He would say, I'm really glad you guys like to give each other gifts, but don't make Christmas all about me. Make Christmas about Jesus. Would you guys agree with that? Because Nicholas was someone who loved Jesus. He was a pastor. He taught people the Bible. And so this Christmas, when you see that jolly old elf in a red suit, I want you to think about the real Saint Nicholas. When you think of the real Saint Nicholas, let me read you a quote. I want you to think this way. <clears throat> think of a godly Christian bishop who was persecuted and imprisoned <clears throat> for faithfully proclaiming the faith under the most dangerous of circumstances. Think of someone who had a sensitive, caring, pastoral heart and took care of the flock of which God had made him shepherd. Think of someone who provided support and defense for children, the weak and the poor, the helpless and victims of injustice. And think of someone with an unparalleled passion for doctrinal purity and to top it off, think of someone whose whole purpose in life was to point people to Jesus. Now that's my kind of Santa Claus. Isn't that cool? <clears throat> if Nicholas was here today, he would say, don't make a big deal out of me. Make a big deal out of Jesus. And so that's what we're going to do this Christmas. You guys agree? So here's what I want us to do. <clears throat> I want us to do something special tonight. I want us to practice giving a gift tonight in the name of Jesus, to those who are in need. As, as many of you know, this Christmas season, we have been uh, uh, collecting gift cards for an organization called the Vision House. Vision House provides housing for families who are uh, homeless and in transition. They provide all sorts of other resources. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to take up a, excuse me, we're going to take up a collection, and all of the money that comes here tonight is going to go directly to the Vision House to those who are in need because that's what I think St. Nicholas would want us to do. Would you agree? And so I'm going to invite the financial stewards to come forward if you would. Here's what you can do. If you're going to write a check, just make it out to Sound City Bible Church or you can give online on our website on your smartphone. You can do it tonight or, or when you get home or you can text to give. The number's there on the screen. And all of the donations we raise, we're going to take all the money that comes in tonight and give 100% of it to the Vision House. You guys think that'd be a good thing to do? And so while the financial stewards are collecting the offering, you guys can go ahead and do that. Let me just tell you a couple of things real quick that are coming up for as, us as a church, and then we're going to get back to some singing and lighting some candles here. This Sunday, we're going to have a, a family-style worship service 
where we uh, gather together. We'll have all the, the older kids with us, the little ones. There will be nursery available. And uh, Pastor Travis is going to preach this Sunday. He's going to teach on sharing this light of Jesus with those around us. And I actually get to lead the music this time. I think I see if I remember how to do it this weekend. And then after the service is done, if anybody wants to stick around, we're going to start cleaning up the Christmas decorations or we're going to order pizza, maybe put the football game up on the screen so we can spend some time together. Next Sunday, the following Sunday after that, January 3rd, guess what, Sound City Bible Church? That's our first birthday. We are one year old as a church. Yeah. <clears throat> and so we're going to have kind of a special celebration service. We're going to uh, look at Joshua 4, and we're going to look back at this last year and how God has been so good to us, and we're going to look forward to the new year and what God has for us. But let me just say, God has been exceedingly good to us as a church. Do I get an amen from anybody tonight? It's been a good year. And so we're going to celebrate that. And actually then to kick off the new year, we're going to go into a week of fasting and prayer. And so after January 3rd, we're going to take Monday through Friday and we're going to fast. And on Friday night, we're going to gather for a time of worship and prayer and then breaking the fast together as a church family. And so I'd like to invite you guys all to put that on your calendar and plan on being a part of that because we don't want to go into the new year on our own strength. Amen? We want to follow Jesus. He's been so good to us this year, and we trust that he is the one that will lead us, guide us, take care of us, and so I want to invite you to that. Now, with that said, as they're finishing up the collection, we're going to continue our time of singing. We've got a couple more songs to sing, and then right before we end, we're going to light these candles together and, and think about Jesus, the light of the world. But I'd like to turn it back over to our musicians to help us in a time of singing. And what I'd like to do is invite everyone, if you would, to stand, and we'll sing these songs out loud together. And so let's stand and sing. Let me pray really quick. God, we thank you for the witness of St. Nicholas. We thank you that he spent his whole life pointing people to Jesus. And I thank you that he wasn't just a man of words, but he was a man of action, a man who cared for people practically. I pray you'd help us to do the same. May we love others. May we point them to Jesus. May we care about doctrinal purity. And may we care about those who are weak and, and poor and those who need help. Help us to sing now with great joy, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.